And welcome back to the Word Encounter, episode 104. We topped things off in Psalms chapter 108 yesterday, so let's continue on with Psalms 109. And uh, the introduction to it says, Prayer against an enemy. This is a Psalm of David. Righteous indignation against liars and slanderers. Uh, We can tell God our true feelings and desires. Let's drop down to verse 6. It says, uh, set a wicked person over him. Let an accuser stand at his right hand. When he is judged, let him be found guilty and let his prayers be counted as sin. That's pretty heavy. Let a sinner's prayer or let let the wicked person's prayers count as sins against them. Verse eight, let his days be few. Let another uh, take over his position. Verse nine and 10. Let his children be fatherless and his wife a widow. Let his children wander as beggars, searching for food far from their demolished homes. This seems to be a little, uh, a little vengeful here. Uh, he wants to uh, stretch that vengeance down to the children. Verse 11. Let a creditor seize all he has. Let strangers plunder what he has worked for. Let no one show him kindness. And let no one be gracious to his fatherless children. So we can see David is, he's, 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 he's not thrilled with the wicked. He wants to see them punished. He wants to see them suffer. Not only them, but their children. Verse 13, let the line of this, uh, let the line of his descendants be cut off. Let their name be blotted out in the next generation. Let the iniquity of his fathers be remembered before the Lord and do not let his mother sin be blotted out. So not only are we talking about the children, now we're talking about the wicked's parents. <laughs> Verse 15, let the sins always remain before the Lord. In other words, he wants no forgiveness for these people and let him remove all memory of them from the earth. For he did not think to show kindness, but pursued the suffering, needy and brokenhearted in order to put them to death. And so now we can see why David feels this way about the wicked, because uh, from his perspective, uh, they showed no kindness. All they wanted to do was to make people suffer, the needy and the brokenhearted in particular, and he wanted to see them um, put to death. Verse 21, but you, Lord, my Lord, deal kindly with me for your namesake because of your faithful love is good. Because your faithful love is good. Rescue me for I am suffering and needy. My heart is wounded within me. Verse 26, help me, Lord, my God, save me according to your faithful love. So they may know that this is your hand and that you, Lord, have done it. Though they curse you, you will bless. When they rise up, they will be put to shame but your servant will rejoice. Psalm 110, the intro says, the priestly king, this is a reference to Jesus. This is also a Psalm of David. The the credentials for the Messiah, Jesus is the Messiah. In verse one, this is the declaration of the Lord to my Lord. Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Now, this is referred to, uh, Jesus actually refers to this in the New Testament. And it says, this is, this is David writing. This is a declaration of the Lord, okay, to my Lord. This is a declaration of the Lord, referring to God, to my Lord, referring to Jesus. 
Now remember, Jesus is a descendant from David's line. And so there are a number of generations that we have to go through before we get to Jesus from David. And so David is being prophetic here. Apparently he has some vision into the future. And he said, this is a declaration of the Lord to my Lord. Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. And so when Jesus died on the cross and then was ascended into heaven, he sat at the right hand of God so that God made his enemies his footstool. And so this is what David is referring to. And this is a hundreds of years, okay, hundreds of years before uh, Jesus comes on the scene. Verse 4, the Lord has sworn an oath and will not take it back. You are a priest forever according to the pattern of Melchizedek. Now, who is Melchizedek? Remember, if we go back uh, into Genesis, uh, Abraham well, went to assist somebody in war. I think the king of Sodom, I believe it was. And, um, and, and he was successful. And so when he was successful, uh, Melchizedek was also a king of an unknown kingdom. And um, he, uh, excuse me, Abraham offered a tenth, a tithe. He paid a tithe to Melchizedek. And so Melchizedek, many think, is a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus. So he's a type of Jesus. And so what it says here in verse 4, the Lord has sworn an oath and will not take it back. You are a priest forever according to the pattern of Melchizedek. Again, in reference to Jesus. And then in verse 5, the Lord is at your right hand. He will crush kings on the day of his anger. He will judge the nations, heaping up corpses. He will crush leaders over the entire world. He will drink from the brook uh, by the road. Therefore, he will lift up his head. All of this is in reference to Jesus. The Lord is at your right hand. And so the Lord referring to Jesus, so this this is David talking, the Lord is at your right hand. So David is talking to God, and David is saying, God, the Lord or my Lord is at your right hand. In other words, referring to Jesus seated at the right hand of the Father God. It says he will judge the nations. Uh, heaping up corp- corpses, he will crush leaders over the entire world. And so we see here, we get a picture of Jesus that many don't have. When many think of Jesus, they think of the baby Jesus. They think of love, compassion, and this, and the other. But Jesus is also referred to as a mighty warrior. You know, we see here that this is from that perspective that he's being referred to as because he will judge the nations heaping up corpses. Okay. Now that flies in the faith in the face of, of, of the vision that many people have of Jesus. It says he will crush leaders over the entire world. Okay, again, it's the antithesis of the Jesus that many have in mind. Psalms chapter one hundred and eleven. The traits of the righteous. The advantages of having faith in God. Uh, God guards the minds and actions of those who follow his commands. Oh, wait a minute. Nope, I read the wrong one. I'm sorry, 111. Let's see. Uh, Praise for the Lord's works. All that God does is good. Reference for God is the beginning of wisdom. Okay, verse 1. Hallelujah. I will praise the Lord with all my heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. The Lord's works are great, studied by all who delight in them. See see what this says? It says, the Lord's works are great, studied by all who delight in them. Uh, Many people read the Bible, you know, and they're just reading the Bible, but they're not studying the word. There is a big difference 
between reading the Word and studying the Word. Studying the Word is a much more laborious and slow process. You're reading, you're ingesting, doing some research, investigation. Studying the Word is very different than merely reading the Word. Verse 3, all that he does is splendid and majestic. His righteousness endures forever. Verse 5, he has provided food for those who fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. This is very important. The Lord does not forget. It may seem like he forgets at times, but the Lord does not forget. And it says here that uh, he remembers his covenant forever. Verse 7, the works of his hands are truth and justice, and all his instructions are trustworthy. This is also very important. We can trust what we read in the Bible. It says that all his instructions are trustworthy. You know, a, a lot of times people, they say, well, you know, the Bible is a book that was written by man. You know, how do I know this is, this is God? You know, what, what's, what's the deal here? Well, when you get into the Word and start studying the Word, not, not merely reading the Word, but start, uh, start stuttering, stuttering, start, start studying the Word, you will recognize, it will resonate with your spirit, and you will recognize if you're a sincere seeker, you know, if you're sincerely seeking God, you will recognize that the wisdom and the, 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 the precepts and concepts and whatnot presented in this word are not from man. There is no way that man can accumulate this kind of wisdom and knowledge and whatnot. And you will have to, uh, you will have to reconcile that you know, with in your mind, you said, well, is this God or is this man? And so when I read through the word, you know, it, it, it resonated with my spirit. I knew this was not of man. I knew this was otherworldly. And so I knew I said, this has to be the finger of God, because there's no way that uh, what I'm getting exposed to, what I'm reading and what I'm sensing and whatnot came from the mind of men over a period of, you know, centuries. But everybody has to come to their own conclusion. Verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his instructions have good insight. His praise endures forever. And so we'll see in Proverbs when we get to Proverbs next. It says, the beginning of wisdom. You know, you are wise when you seek wisdom. You know, that's the first step to being wise is seeking wisdom. It kind of sounds like double talk, but if you're one who is seeking wisdom, that in itself is a demonstration of wisdom. And so let's go on to chapter 112. And we see now the traits of the righteous, the advantages of having faith in God. God guards our, uh, the minds and actions of those who follow his commands. Okay, so verse 1, hallelujah. Happy is the person who fears the Lord, taking great delight in his commands. Drop down to verse 5. God will come to the one who lends generously and conducts his, his business fairly. He will never be shaken. The righteous will be remembered forever. Verse 7. He will not fear bad news. His heart is confident, trusting in the Lord. And so... We see that uh, one of the one of the signs, one of the advantages, if you will, of of a faith of a sincere faith in the Lord, is that there is no fear of bad news, because you know the end of the story, and so if you know the end of the story, you don't have to fear what comes before the end, 
And so it says his heart is confident, trusting in the Lord. So these are advantages. You know, we don't have to go into things wondering and questioning and, 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 and being fearful of the unknown and whatnot. That doesn't have to be our portion. Now, because we know this, that doesn't mean we don't occasionally succumb to these things. But when we do that, then we have to pivot and return uh, to the Lord in order to reground ourselves. Verse 8, his heart is assured he will not fear. In the end, he will look and triumph on his foes. And so this, this is talking about the believer. His heart uh, is assured he will not fear. In the end, he will look and triumph on his foes. He distributes freely to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn will be exalted in honor. And so those are some of the advantages of being a believer, of having faith in the Lord. Chapter 113, praise to the merciful God, the scope of God's care. God's great mercy is demonstrated by his concern for the poor and oppressed. Hallelujah. Give praise, servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Let the name of the Lord be blessed both now and forever. For the rising of the sun to its setting, let the name of the Lord be praised. Verse 7. He raises the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the trash heap in order to seat them with nobles, with nobles of his people. He gives the childless woman a household, making her the joyful mother of children. Hallelujah. Yes. Chapter 114. God's deliverance of Israel, the mighty God who delivered Israel from Egypt. He, uh, we can celebrate God's great work in our lives. Verse 1, when Israel came out of Egypt, the house of Jacob from the people who spoke, of a foreign, who spoke a foreign language, Judah became his sanctuary, Israel his dominion. The sea looked and fled, the Jordan turned back. And so here we have a very short chapter there. <laughs> chapter 115, glory to God alone. God is alive. He is thinking about us and caring for us, and we should put him first in our lives. Verse 1. Not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory because of your faithful love, because of your truth. Our God is in heaven and does whatever he pleases. Their, their idols are silver and gold made by human hands. They have mouths but cannot speak, eyes but cannot see. They have ears but cannot hear, noses but cannot smell. They have hands but cannot feel, feet but cannot walk. They cannot make a sound with their throats. So this is speaking about idols, right? You know, people make carved images. They make idols out of things, you know. You, you know, you can make an idol out of the cross, you know, people. And that's why uh, God didn't want any images made because he didn't want people worshiping uh, man-made things. You know, things made by man's hands. He did not want people worshiping those things. He wanted people worshiping him. And so, but people make things and they worship him. They worship him without even knowing that they're worshiping. They would never consider it worshiping an idol or worshiping an item or a symbol. Uh, but many people do it. Let's go on to verse 14. It says, May the Lord add to your numbers, both your, both yours and your children's, uh, you may be blessed by the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. It is not the dead who praise the Lord, nor, uh, any of, nor any of those descending into the silence of death. 
but we will bless the Lord both now and forever. Hallelujah. Chapter 116. Thanks to God for deliverance. Praise for being saved from certain death. Worship is a thankful response and not a repayment for what God has done. That, that's critical, you know, because uh, I can fall into that, right? You know, something um, is done for you. God does something for you on your behalf. And you fall into this notion that you have to repay him. Uh, what, what, what do I do? I got to do something to repay God, you know. And no, that's, that's not what the deal is. And so, <clears throat> verse 1. I love the Lord because he has heard my appeal for mercy. Because he has turned his ear to me, I will call out to him as long as I live. Verse 5. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is compassionate. The Lord guards the the inexperienced. Uh, I was helpless and he saved me. Return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. For you, Lord, rescued me from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. Verse 12. How can I repay the Lord for all the good he has done for me? I will take um, the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. And so, you know, see, that was 116. It says, um, uh, yeah, the, the response to the Lord when he, when he benefits us, you know, should be one of remembrance and one of continued uh, commitment to him, one of continued uh, thanksgiving towards him, one of continued uh, awe and reverence towards him. You know, it's just a a, a continued and a growing awareness of his uh, glorious nature, his power, his compassion. We should be coming into more and more and more awareness of this as we move through life and acknowledge it not only to God, but before man. This is one of the shortest chapters in the Bible, Psalms 117. I'm going to read the whole thing, a whole two verses. And it says, uh, universal call to praise, another reason uh, for praise God's love for the whole world, we should uh, praise God for his unlimited love. And so it says, verse 1, Praise the Lord, all nations. Glorify him, all peoples. For his faithful love to us is great. The Lord's faithfulness endures forever. Hallelujah. The end. (laughs) Let's go on to Psalms 118. And in Psalms 118, uh, it says, Thanksgiving for victory. Confidence in God's eternal love. God's love is unchanging in the midst of changing situations. This gives us security. Again, this is critical. Uh, in a changing world, when things are shifting and changing all around us, you know, we're living in these COVID times and, you know, nobody knows anything. Things are shifting and changing all the time. We want to hold on to something that's unchanging. We want to grasp on something that gives us security in something that unchanges and God changes not. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Methods, processes, procedures may change, but God's nature and character and integrity don't change. So let's go on to verse one. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. 
Let Israel say, his faithful love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, his faithful love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, his faithful love endures forever. In other words, let everybody say, his faithful love endures forever. And let everybody mean it. In verse 8, it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humanity. Let me highlight that one. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humanity. Uh, many times you'll have, in these COVID times, you'll hear people say, well, you know, I trust the science. I trust in science. Well, what is science? Science is a, uh, it's a label that man gives to those things that he has discovered. And so, in other words, people are taking refuge in what man has created. Verse 8, it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humanity. If there has never been a truth told, that is a truth. In verse 9, it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in nobles. Nobles being a metaphor for people of high rank. It could be kings, they could be princes, you know, or, or whatever. They could be presidents or prime ministers in, in modern day jargon. In verse 10, all the nations surround me, in the name of the Lord, I destroy them. Verse 13, they push me hard to make me fall, but the Lord help me. Verse 19, open the gates of righteousness for me, I will enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. Verse 22, the stone that the rebuilders rejected has become the cornerstone. Okay, so again, this is a, this is a reference to Jesus. The stone that the builders rejected. Jesus came and the religious people, the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the religious people, the religious Jews of the day, rejected Jesus. And so it says the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Then Jesus became the cornerstone, became the root of faith. And he was the one that they rejected. In verse 24, this is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice and be glad in it. Verse 28, you are my God and I will give thank and I will give you thanks. You are my God, I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. And with that, we are going to conclude this episode and we're going to pick it up in Psalms 119, episode 105, I guess. Yeah. Episode 105 tomorrow. Everybody take care. Have a blessed day. Bye-bye.